Welcome to Crawling Through Scripture. My name is Peter. Join me as I read the Bible from beginning to end. Whether you're taking your first steps in faith or crawling back to Jesus, the idea of this podcast is to go from crawling through Scripture to walking in Jesus. I got beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rams, hogs, dogs, chicken, turkeys, rabbit, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Um, today late. Figured I'll uh, make a little episode today. Couldn't make one yesterday due to uh, Thanksgiving, due to the holiday. But uh, I'm happy to be here. Um, on the last episode, we read Genesis 27 through 29. In Genesis 27, Isaac, who is now old and blind, wishes to give his blessings to his elder son Esau. However, Rebekah, Isaac's wife, favors their younger son, Jacob, and conspires with him to deceive Isaac into giving the blessing to Jacob instead. Rebekah dresses Jacob in Esau's clothes and covers his hands and neck with goatskins to make him feel hairy like Esau, so that he can deceive Isaac. Jacob goes along with the plan, and Isaac unwittingly blesses Jacob, thinking he is blessing Esau. In Genesis 28, after receiving the blessing, Jacob leaves his home to escape from Esau's anger and to find a wife from his mother's family. On his journey, He has a dream in which he sees a ladder reaching up to heaven with angels ascending and descending onto it. God speaks to Jacob in the dream, reaffirming the covenant that had been made with his grandfather Abraham and his father Isaac. Jacob wakes up and realizing the significance of the place, he renames it Bethel, meaning house of God. Jacob then makes a vow to serve God and promises to give a tenth of everything he receives back to God. Jacob arrives at the land of his mother's relatives and meets Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother. He falls in love with Rachel and agrees to work for Laban for seven years in exchange for her hand in marriage. However, Laban deceives Jacob by giving him his elder daughter, Leah, in marriage instead of Rachel. Jacob is then required to work another seven years for Laban in order to marry Rachel as well. The chapter also describes the rivalry between Leah and Rachel as they both compete for Jacob's love and attention. These chapters in Genesis set the stage for the complex relationships and events that continue to unfold in the story of Jacob and his descendants. On this episode, we'll be reading Genesis 30 through 33. When Rachel saw that she wasn't having any children for Jacob, she became jealous of her sister. She pleaded with Jacob, give me children or I'll die. Then Jacob became furious with Rachel. Am I God? He asked, He's the only one who has kept you from having children. Then Rachel told him, 
take my maid Billa and sleep with her. She will bear children for me. And through her, I can have a family too. So Rachel gave her servant Billah to Jacob as a wife, and he slept with her. And this sounds kind of familiar. Bilhah became pregnant, presented him with a son. Rachel named him Dan. For she said, God has vindicated me. He has heard my request and given me a son. Then Bilhah became pregnant again and gave Jacob a second son. Rachel named him Naphtali, for she said, I have struggled hard with my sister, and I am winning. Meanwhile, Leah realized that she wasn't getting pregnant anymore, so she took her servant Zilpah and gave her to Jacob as a wife. Soon Zilpah presented him with a son. Leah named him Gad, for she said, How fortunate I am. Then Silpa gave Jacob a second son, and Leah named him Asher. For she said, What joy is mine. Now the, now the other women will celebrate with me. One day during the wheat harvest, Reuben found some mandrakes growing in a field and brought them to his mother Leah. Rachel begged Leah, Please give me some of your son's mandrakes. But Leah angrily replied, Wasn't it enough that you stole my husband? Now will you steal my son's mandrakes too? Rachel answered, I will let Jacob sleep with you tonight if you give me some of the mandrakes. So that evening, as Jacob was coming home from the fields, Leah went out to meet him. You must come and sleep with me tonight. She said, I have paid for you with some mandrakes that my son found. That is insane. <laughs> that is insane. So that night he slept with Leah and God answered Leah's prayers. She became pregnant again and gave birth to a fifth son for Jacob. She named him Ishakar. For she said, God has rewarded me for giving my servant to my husband as a wife. Then Leah became pregnant again and gave birth to a sixth son for Jacob. She named him Zebulun, for she said, God has given me a good reward. Now my husband will treat me with respect, for I have given him six sons. Later, she gave birth to a daughter and named her Dina. Then God remembered Rachel's plight and answered her prayers by enabling her to have children. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son. God has removed my disgrace, she said, and she named him Joseph. For she said, may the Lord add yet another son to my family. Soon after Rachel had given birth to Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, please release me so I can go home to my own country. Let me take my wives and children, for I have earned them by serving you, and let me be on my way. You certainly know how hard I have worked for you. 
Please listen to me, Laban replied. I have become wealthy, for the Lord has blessed me because of you. Tell me how much I owe you. Whatever it is, I'll pay it. Jacob replied, You know how hard I've worked for you and how your flocks and herds have grown under my care. You had little indeed before I came, but your wealth has increased enormously. The Lord had blessed you through everything I've done. But now, what about me? When can I start providing for my own family? What wages do you want? Laban asked the king. Jacob replied, Don't give me anything. Just do this one thing, and I'll continue to tend and watch over your flocks. Let me inspect your flocks today and remove all the sheep and goats that are speckled or spotted. Along with all the black sheep, give these to me as my wages. In the future, when you check on the animals you have given me as my wages, you'll see that I have been honest. If you find in my flock any goats without speckles or spots or any sheep that are not black, you will know that I have stolen them from you. All right, Laban replied. It will be as you say. But that very day, Laban went out and removed the male goats that were streaked and spotted. All the female goats that were speckled and spotted or had white patches and all the black sheep. He placed them in the care of his own sons, who took them a three days journey from where Jacob was. Meanwhile, Jacob stayed and cared for the rest of Laban's flock. Then Jacob took some fresh branches from poplar almond and plain trees and peeled off strips of bark, making white streaks on them. Then he placed these peeled branches in the watering trough where the flocks came to drink for that was where they made it and when they made it in front of the white streaked branches they gave birth to young that were streaked speckled and spotted jacob separated those lambs from laban's flocks and at mating time he turned the flock to face laban's animals that were streaked or black this is how he built his own flock instead of increasing Laban's. Whenever the stronger females were ready to mate, Jacob would place the peeled branches in the watering troughs in front of them. Then they would mate in front of the branches. But he didn't do this with the weaker ones. So the weaker lambs belonged to Laban and the stronger ones were Jacob's. Jacob finessed his uncle. As a result, Jacob became very wealthy with large flocks of sheep and goats, females and male servants, and many camels and donkeys. But Jacob soon learned that Laban's sons were grumbling about him. Jacob has robbed our father of everything, they say. He has gained all his wealth at our father's expense. And Jacob began to notice a change in Laban's attitude towards him. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Return to the land of your father and grandfather and to your relatives there, and I will be with you. So Jacob called Rachel and Leah out to the field where he was watching his flock. He said to them, 
I have noticed that your father's attitude toward me has changed. But the God of my father has been with me. You know how hard I have worked for your father, but he has cheated me, changing my wages ten times. But God has not allowed him to do me any harm. For if he said, the speckled animals will be your wages, the whole flock began to produce speckled young. And when he changed his mind and said, the striped animals will be your wages, then the whole flock produced striped young. In this way, God has taken your father's animals and given them to me. One time during the mating season, I had a dream and saw that the male goats mating with the females were streaked, speckled, and spotted. Then in my dream, the angel of God said to me, Jacob, and I replied, yes, here I am. The angel said, look up and you will see that only the streaked, speckled, and spotted males are mating with the females of your flock. For I have seen how Laban has treated you. I am the God who appeared to you at Bethel, the place where you anointed the pillar of stone and made your vow to me. Now get ready and leave this country and return to the land of your birth. Rachel and Leah responded, That's fine with us. We won't inherit any of our father's wealth anyway. He has reduced our rights to those of foreign women. And after he sold us, he wasted the money you paid him for us. All the wealth God has given you from our father legally belongs to us and our children so go ahead and do whatever god has told you so jacob put his wives and children on camels and he drove all his livestock in front of him he packed all the belongings he had acquired in padanaram and set out for the land of canaan where his father isaac lived at the time they left laban was some distance away shearing his sheep. Rachel stole her father's household idols and took them with her. Jacob outwitted Laban the Aramean, for they set out secretly and never told Laban they were leaving. So Jacob took all his possessions with him and crossed the Euphrates River, heading for the hill country of Gilead. Three days later, Laban was told that Jacob had fled. So he gathered a group of his relatives and set out in hot pursuit. He caught up with Jacob seven days later in the hill country of Gilead. But the previous night, God had appeared to Laban the Aramean in a dream and told him, I'm warning you, leave Jacob alone. Laban caught up with Jacob as he was camped in the hill country of Gilead, and he set up his camp not far from Jacob's. What do you mean by deceiving me like this? Laban demanded. How dare you drag my daughters away like prisoners of war? Why did you slip away secretly? Why did you deceive me? And why didn't you say you wanted to leave? I would have given you a farewell feast. With singing and music accompanied by tambourines and harps. Why didn't you let me kiss my daughters and grandchildren, and tell them goodbye. You have acted very foolishly. 
I could destroy you. But the God of your father appeared to me last night and warned me. Leave Jacob alone. I can understand your feeling that you must go and your intense longing for your father's home. But why have you stolen my gods? I rushed away because I was afraid, Jacob answered. I thought you would take your daughters from me by force. But as for your gods, see if you can find them and let the person who has taken them die. And if you find anything else that belongs to you, identify it before all these relatives of ours, and I will give it back. But Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen the household idols. Laban went first into Jacob's tent to search there, then into Leah's, and then the tents of the two servants. But he found nothing. Finally, he went into Rachel's tent, but Rachel had taken the household idols and hidden them in her camel's saddle, and now she was sitting on them. When Laban had thoroughly searched her tent without finding them, she said to her father, Please, sir, forgive me if I don't get up for you. I'm having my monthly period. So Laban continued his search, but he could not find the household idols. Then Jacob became very angry and he challenged Laban. What's my crime? He demanded. What have I done wrong to make you chase after me as though I were a criminal? You have rummaged through everything I own. Now show me what you have found that belongs to you. Set it out here in front of us, before our relatives, for all to see. Let them judge between us. For twenty years I have been with you, caring for your flocks. In all that time, your sheep and goats never miscarried. In all those years, I never used a single ram of yours for food. If any were attacked and killed by wild animals, I never showed you the carcass and asked you to reduce the count of your flock. No, I took my loss myself. You made me pay for every stolen animal, whether it was taken in broad daylight or in the dark of night. I worked for you through the scorching heat of the day and through cold and sleepless nights. Yes, for 20 years I slaved in your house. I worked for 14 years earning your two daughters and then six more years for your flock. And you changed my wages ten times. In fact, if the God of my father had not been on my side, the God of Abraham and the fearsome God of Isaac, you would have sent me away empty-handed. But God has seen your abuse and my hard work. That is why he appeared to you last night and rebuked you. Then Laban replied to Jacob, These women are my daughters. These children are my grandchildren, and these flocks are my flocks. In fact, everything you see is mine. But what can I do now about my daughters and their children? So come, let's make a covenant, you and I. And it will be a witness to our commitment. So Jacob took a stone and set it up as a monument. Then he told his family members, gather some stones, so they gathered stones and piled them in a heap 
Then Jacob and Laban sat down beside the pile of stones to eat a covenant meal to commemorate the event. Laban called the place Jigar Se Hadutha, which means witness pile in Aramaic. And Jacob called it Galid, which means pile in Hebrew. Then Laban declared this pile of stones will stand as a witness to remind us of the covenant we have made today. This explains why it was called Galiad, witness pile. But it was also called Mizpah, which means watchtower. For Laban said, May the Lord keep watching between us to make sure that we keep this covenant when we are out of each other's sight. If you mistreat my daughters, or if you marry other wives, God will see it, even if no one else does. He is a witness to this covenant between us. See this pile of stones, Laban continued, and see this monument I have set between us? They stand between us as witness of our vows. I will never pass this pile of stones to harm you, and you must never pass these stones or this monument to harm me. I call on the God of our ancestors, the God of your grandfather Abraham, and the God of my grandfather Nahor, to serve as a judge between us. So Jacob took an oath before the fearsome God of his father Isaac to respect the boundary line. Then Jacob offered a sacrifice to God there on the mountain and invited everyone to a covenant feast. After they had eaten, they spent the night on the mountain. Laban got up early the next morning and he kissed his grandchildren and his daughters and blessed them. Then he left and returned home. Genesis 32 As Jacob started on his way again, angels of God came to meet him. When Jacob saw them, he exclaimed, This is God's camp. So he named the place Mahanaim. Then Jacob sent messengers ahead to his brother Esau, who was living in the region of Seir, in the land of Edom. He told them, Give this message to my master Esau. Notice he says, To my master Esau. Humble greetings from your servant Jacob. Until now I have been living with Uncle Laban, and now I own cattle, donkeys, flocks of sheep and goats, and many servants, both men and women. I have sent these messengers to inform my Lord of my coming, hoping that you will be friendly to me. After delivering the message, the messengers returned to Jacob and reported, We met your brother Esau, and he is already on his way to meet you. With an army of 400 men, Jacob was terrified at the news. He divided his household along with the flocks and herds and camels into two groups. He thought, if Esau meets one group and attacks it, perhaps the other group can escape. Then Jacob prayed, O God of my grandfather Abraham and God of my father Isaac, O Lord, you told me return to your own land 
and to your relatives, and you promise me I will treat you kindly. I am not worthy of all the unfailing love and faithfulness you have shown me, your servant. When I left home and crossed the Jordan River, I owned nothing except my walking stick. Now my household fills two large camps. O oh Lord, please rescue me from the hand of my brother Esau. I am afraid that he is coming to attack me, along with my wives and children. But you promise me I will surely treat you kindly. And I will multiply your descendants until they become as numerous as the sands along the seashore. Too many to count. Jacob stayed where he was for the night. Then he selected these gifts from his possessions to present to his brother Esau. 200 female goats. 20 male goats. 200 ewes. 20 rams. 30 female camels with their young. 40 cows. 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys, and 10 male donkeys. He divided these animals into herds and assigned each to different servants. Then he told his servants, go ahead of me with the animals, but keep some distance between the herds. He gave these instructions to the men leading the first group. When my brother Esau meets you, he will ask, whose servants are you? Where are you going? Who owns these animals? You must reply. They belong to your servant Jacob, but they are a gift for his master Esau. Look, he is coming right behind us. Jacob gave the same instructions to the second and third herdsmen, and to all who followed behind the herd. You must say the same thing to Esau when you meet him. And be sure to say, look, your servant Jacob is right behind us. Jacob thought, I will try to appease him by sending gifts ahead of me. When I see him in person, perhaps he will be friendly to me. So the gifts we sent on ahead, while Jacob himself spent the night in the camp. During the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two servant wives, and his eleven sons and crossed the Jabbok River with them. After taking them to the other side, he sent over all his possessions. This left Jacob all alone in the camp, and a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. Then the man said, let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? The man asked. He replied, Jacob. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you will be called Israel, because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Please tell me your name, Jacob said. Why do you want to know my name? The man replied. Then he blessed Jacob there. Jacob named the place Peniel, which means face of God. For he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. The sun was rising as Jacob left Peniel, and he was limping because of the injury to his hip.
Even today, the people of Israel don't eat the tendon near the hip socket because of what happened that night. When the man strained the tendon of Jacob's hip. Genesis 33 Then Jacob looked up and saw Esau coming with his 400 men. So he divided the children among Leah, Rachel, and his two servant wives. He put the servant wives and their children at the front, Leah and her children next, and Rachel and Joseph last. Talk about favoritism. Then Jacob went on ahead. As he approached his children, he bowed to the ground seven times before him. Then Esau ran to meet him and embraced him, threw his arms around his neck and kissed him, and they both wept. Then Esau looked at the women and children and asked, Who are these people with you? These are the children God has gracefully given to me. Your servant, Jacob replied. Then the servant wives came forward with their children and bowed before him. Next came Leah with her children, and they bowed before him. Finally, Joseph and Rachel came forward and bowed before him. And what were all the flocks and herds I met as I came, Esau asked. Jacob replied, They are a gift, my lord, to ensure your friendship. My brother, I have plenty, Esau answered. Keep what you have for yourself. But Jacob insisted, No, if I have found favor with you, please accept this gift from me. And what a relief to see your friendly smile. It is like seeing the face of God. Please take this gift I have brought to you, for God has been very gracious to me. I have more than enough. And because Jacob insisted, Esau finally accepted the gift. Well, Esau said, let's be going. I will lead the way. But Jacob replied, you can see, my Lord, that some of the children are very young, and the flocks and herds have their young too. If they are driven too hard, even for one day, all the animals could die. Please, my Lord, go ahead of your servant. We will follow slowly at a pace that is comfortable for the livestock and the children. I will meet you at Seir. All right, Esau said, but at least let me assign some of my men to guide and protect you. Jacob responded, that's not necessary. It's enough that you've received me warmly, my lord. So Esau turned around and started back to Seir that same day. Jacob, on the other hand, traveled on to Sukkah. There he built himself a house and made shelters for his livestock. That is why the place was named Sukkah, which means shelter. Man, so he kind of played his brother. Later, having traveled all the way from Paddan Aram, Jacob arrived safely at the town of Shechem in the land of Canaan. There he set up camp outside the town. Jacob bought the plot of land where he camped from the family of Hamer, the father of Shechem, for a hundred pieces of silver. And there he built an altar and named it El Elohe Israel. And that's it for this episode. Stay tuned for the next one. We'll be reading Genesis 34.
through 37.